Welcome to Tigers Chat, episode three, One Girl's Trash. Today we'll be talking about the episode with guest Macy. Woo! Hi! <laughs> who is Ramen Brina on Twitter. Yes. And what's your Instagram? My editing Instagram is Kahani's, which is K A H A A N I S. Yeah, you probably know her. She's around. And also known as <laughs> Asian Molly Jackson. <laughs> In the community. Yeah, that's my title. <laughs> so, <laughs> Macy is on today to handle the very intense topic of stereotypes on Andy Mag. Crazy. Uh, but before that, we're going to start with picking up some trash. Because this episode <laughs> is called One Girl's Trash. Um, so, before we do get into the episode, what were your like original thoughts on how this episode was going to go down? Did you have any? I, I just... The promo seemed very jam-packed, like, when they talked about, like, uh, community service. I thought it was going to be very messy, yeah. because, like, how are you going to have trash and racism in the same, same storyline? I was like, it was kind of confusing, <laughs> so that's my initial thoughts, it was, it was going to be messy, but it was fine, I think. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, especially when the titles first got released and everyone wants to speculate about them, mm-hmm. and the title of this one was One Girl's Trash and we didn't have an episode description, I made a joke about if it meant girls as in a possessive form of <laughs> One Girl's Trash is Another Girl's Treasure, or if it could double as One Girl is Trash. <laughs> and <laughs> was like, uh, Kira Tease, she's not in this episode, but I think that can still low-key apply. Maybe. We open the episode with the Good Hair crew picking up trash on the side of the road as their punishment for selling trash. <laughs> While everyone grumbles about their various problems, Cyrus has <gasps> allergies. Jonah just doesn't want to be there. I think that's his problem. And Buffy's foot is still hurting, which we know is a plot line to come. But Andy is having a grand old time. She's skipping around, asking the crew what they've found, if they have anything good. She's collecting a lot of trash for her crafting supplies and then wonders if they're allowed to keep it, which, lol, they were quote-unquote arrested for stealing trash from a dumpster. How did she ask that? Did she just go to the police officer and she's like, hi, I want this. (laughs) Cute intro. Yes, stream Sabrina Carpenter. (laughs) Stream Sabrina Carpenter every episode of Andy Mac. Exactly. And then after three long hours of picking up trash, the crew go to the spoon, because that's where they always go, along with Andy's giant bag from the road. Cyrus makes a comment about how ugly the vests are, just so we don't forget that he's gay. (laughs) He's into fashion now, everyone. And Andy hits us with a line that we all knew was coming. Where you see trash, I see treasure. And then we dramatically pan to Amber as she says treasure. And she's in this episode, so of course she's working at the spoon. We're going to take our Ambie breadcrumbs and take it. Oh yeah, we're taking it. (laughs) We're taking it where we can get it, especially with what comes later in this episode. So Jonah says that he's bought tickets to go go go-karting. He's won tickets. Oh, he won tickets? Oh, I missed that. How did he win tickets? A radio show. Oh, that was in the texts. Putting it together. That was in Andy's text. Okay. Oh. That's what he won from his radio show, his tickets to go go-karting, and he's inviting Amber. She's very eager to go because she just wants a moment to tell him that she loves him. <sighs> no comment. Anyway, so Jonah <laughs> walks back to the table. Uh, Buffy's hangry, and Amber shows up and very slyly, not, delivers a note to Andy. 
As Andy slips away, we see a very depressed-looking <laughs> Cyrus. Rip Cyrus. I felt really bad because I was like, why does he look depressed? And I was like, oh god, he probably is. Because last episode was... Last episode. Oh, yeah. So Andy goes and meets with Amber in the back of the spoon, where Amber continues to talk about how much she loves Jonah to Andy, and just keeps talking about it, and I don't really want to go over the conversation, because it's awful. But we do get the golden line from Andy, which is, he is the only person with resting happy face. (laughs) I thought that was really good. Yeah. Uh, Because that is the perfect description for Jonah Beck. It literally is. Um, The only comment I have, I want to say about is... Even though she was talking about a lot of stuff I don't agree with, as in heterosexuality, she was very cute. It was like, yeah, finally we're getting genuinely happy Amber, like consistent happy Amber, which makes me so happy. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it was nice to see her happy, but Mwah. Jonah, Jonah. <laughs> Amber is going to tell Jonah that she loves him uh, with Andy's help, but Andy literally didn't do anything. (laughs) She didn't want to do anything. So then we see Bex and Bowie at the house, which, initial question, what happened to the hole in the wall? Do they still have a second apartment? Like, does it exist? Or are they just living in the one apartment? Because we never see the second apartment. I I think about that every time they cut to the apartment, (laughs) and I still don't know. I, I think they're purposely trying to film from every angle that isn't the wall so like you can build your own imagination what they did with the hole which like the whole plot in general for the hole bothered me so much because I feel like there's so much more you could do but no that Bowie got bold I I just don't get what the point of introducing that whole plot line was for them to literally just drop it like why did they have that whole plot line of getting another apartment so when bowie's literally just living in that apartment i i have no answer so anyway bex is washing dishes and bowie's looking for his don't hate meditate shirt just to ensure that you know they are hippies (laughs) bowie notices one that bex has stolen his shirt and two, that she has taken her ring off while she was doing the dishes. And then we all went, huh? They're still wearing their rings? I mean, I have no answer. But we asked if they should still be wearing them. And Peck says, of course, because it basically just means that they love each other and they're cool rings. So, okay, that's valid, but <laughs> seems kind of wedding me. It's a promise ring. Promise me you won't break up? Yeah, it's, it's a promise ring. Then we see Andy in a classroom, which... I don't think we've seen in a very long time. Probably since yeah. I want to hold your wristband, right? They're never really in class when they're yeah. at school. Yeah, they're just at the just lockers or yeah, cafeteria. The I could. But, or like, outside. the entire thing, why is she in that classroom? Like, what is, what is she doing? They never <laughs> tell us. Yeah, so can't really figure out what kind of class this is supposed to be. Yeah, because I've never gone to public school, so I don't know any of this. <laughs> but, like, no, this is it common would not that? happen in public school. Yeah, I just... <laughs> she goes to some kind of hippie public school where... Uh, maybe this is how middle well, schools is, work in Well, it is a hippie, high school, uh, hippie middle school. Like, I want to hold your wristband. Imagine that happening in a conventional public school. 
So, okay, true, true. This is like one of those social experiment middle schools <laughs> where they try out really weird like styles of learning to see if they can put it through the district and it always flops and they're like, okay, never mind. <laughs> this class, they're talking about putting each other in the other person's sh- shoes, basically, which is kind of what I could gather, like getting a different perspective on someone's life. And they have a slip of paper where they have a name on it and they have to describe that person not using physical attributes. So just based on their personality or things they like to do, whatever. We meet two new side characters that you can use in fix to your heart's content. But unfortunately, the second one's racist. So is Reed. Didn't stop us. We have no proof of Reed being racist. I just I just think he is. Anyways. <laughs> He's a white boy with a gun. Yeah. So um, I've called this girl the title... One girl is trash. It's this one. She has Andy, and she mentions briefly she threw a cool party, and then goes on to say she's good at computers, or violin, or piano. It's just like, I don't know why she would say good at computers, because like, I don't know what that (laughs) means. Like, she's a child. Do you expect her to be like a hacker? Are you trying to imply that you're not good at computers? Like, what does it mean? Like, she can type an essay? I don't... <laughs> I don't know what good at computers I feel like means. that's not even a Chinese stereotype. Like It's not Chinese. It's more Indian. Because my dad yeah. went, in, went into engineering and he's Indian. Um, <laughs> so, if anything, IT is more fallen on the um, Indian side. Which, like, if she's using these stereotypes, she's probably the type to be like, oh, Indians aren't Asian. So, I don't know how she got to that conclusion. I would expect her to say, like, K-pop or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Imagine she's like, oh, her favorite band is probably BTS. (laughs) I mean, I don't think she can name a band because the Andy Mac timeline is vaguely vaguely there they'll be like yes that band but they they won't really tell us anything so they can't say (laughs) bts they'll be like she probably likes korean music and then andy's like i'm chinese anyway she says these asian stereotypes and the class is hella awkward and then we cut to andy telling the good hair crew what happened she does mention that the teacher used that incident as a teachable moment about stereotypes, which Andy was not happy about. Definitely would have been uncomfortable. That's so weird. (laughs) She's basically just confused as to why that girl would even say that, which we all are as well, especially since Andy just has all these moments in school. And I think I mentioned this on the last episode about why wouldn't they mention the dress code incident, and that's exactly what Andy said, is why wouldn't they have talked about her whole school dress code thing? Andy threw the first brick at Stonewall. She basically, <laughs> she was oh, like, no. she was basically, she dead ass said she was like, I'm the reason you can wear leggings. And I was like, yeah, you threw the first brick. I, we amend you. Andy is just like, I paved the way for you guys to exist. And this is how you degrade me. And just, you know, respect, respect. So, while Andy is going off about this, Cyrus just has to pipe up and mention that the girl probably thought that she was complimenting Andy. Like, what? 
Why? And how would she have thought that? That makes no... How did Cyrus come to this conclusion? Actually, it's... I mean, like, I don't want to really... Because, like, it's not a good reason. Because, like... But, like, in general, people do say stuff to, to like, me kind of thing. Because, like, I'm homeschooled and I'm Asian. So the first thing they always say is, like, you must be super smart or, like, really good with computers. And it's, like, such a weird thing right. to say. And they do genuinely expect it's a compliment. And I don't know why... They expect it to be a compliment, but, like, they do. And I'm like, I'm just, I, I'm just homeschooled, dude. I, I mean, I could get the whole, like, thinking saying, oh, you must be smart, you must be good at computers, yeah. could seem like a compliment. Mm-hmm. But how could she probably plays the violin or piano that, ever seem like a compliment? That makes no sense, but, like, it's just, it's so weird. That entire setup in general is just weird andy makes like art she's stylish you can't be like oh she has good cute dresses like literally anything else she literally made wristbands out of a social experiment at school that i was a part of she threw cookies across the cafeteria anyway very frustrating scene for the audience and for andy and I'm not sure what they were trying to do with Cyrus. Just trying to get him I more lines. I, I think Josh is just like, please, I need more screen time. And they're like, <laughs> I guess. I did really like about the scene is that like, I, I kind of expected it to be like a little bit vaguer. I think season right. three in general has been a lot more bold when they come to like the wordings they use. Because like in season one, when they talked about Jamber, they just been like, oh, they're not good together, or she's really mean, and it was kind of, like, vague kind of things, yeah. but, like, in season three, Andy's like, they were so toxic, and I think, like, season three is definitely being more specific about these issues, so specifically when Am- um, Andy's like, they're all bringing up these Asian stereotypes, I don't know exactly what I expected them to say, but, like, it was a lot more specific. That, like, she purposely talked about is just because she's Asian. And I don't, again, I don't know what I expected them to say, but, like, it seemed a little bit more bolder, I guess, to hear. I don't really know. Yeah, I agree. No, it, it does It does definitely seem like they are confronting these things very head-on. And they're trying yeah. to be very specific and mm-hmm. get the message across as clear as possible. As opposed to a lot of ways Disney messages tend to go. Yeah. It's just... This is a bad guy. They said a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on. But they're like, she is misinformed. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. We need to confront this and talk about it and Mm -hmm. make something out of it. And they put, like, labels on it because, like, it's so hard as a kid when you go through, like, these stereotypes, like, as an Asian kid. Like, a lot of the times when you're really young, you don't really know it's offensive. You're just like, that's kind of weird. But you don't think it's, like, a bad, bad thing. So I like that they're very, they're being very, like, blunt about the whole thing about, like, hey, it's not really okay to, like, randomly assume things because of their ethnicity. And it's, like, I think it'll help a lot of kids to be, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it it could hurt other people, too. I should, like, tell people that I'm I'm not just what they think I am kind of thing, which is, like, I think really cool for, like, the younger kids. And I don't think it has to be just Asians that they have to feel empowered. Like, any kid of color could definitely feel like, yeah, I mean, I'm not Asian, but people will say something because, like, I'm black or something, you know? So, like, I feel like, in general, it'll, I think it'll be a lot more helpful for kids to, like, put something to it. Because kids love labels, so 
mm-hmm. think putting the more blunt labels will is really helpful. I went on a rant, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I agree. So Andy lets them know that she's hatching some kind of plan. She doesn't know what it is yet, but she's doing something about this. And then back at the maybe single, maybe double apartment, (laughs) Bowie is making lasagna for Bex, which gets Bex all hyped up, and she mentions it's a romantic night for the newly (laughs) knotweds. And this prompts Bowie to ask where to put the snow globe of him or both of them proposing. And they decide that they should ask Andy if she wants it, but decide to just put it on the mantle place for now. And we get some kind of weird emotions from Bex here where she, I don't know, she seems kind of thrown off. I can't really place where her feelings are with all of this, especially, you know, as we see the end of this episode with Bowie's feelings coming out and she's worried. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to place how she's feeling through everything. Dude, that, their entire storyline this episode was like low-key a little whack. Like, their emotions were <laughs> all over the place this episode i'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure they went through the entire scale i don't know how they did it they Probably. only have like seven minutes of screen time this episode but like <laughs> they went through the whole yeah. list very dramatically too might I? <laughs> we'll see where this is going i mean my money is still on we have a wedding because of the mm-hmm. longs because of the matching outfits etc etc mm-hmm. but you know, I think Bex is starting to double-think, like, why she called off the wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's where the storyline's going. So, back at Andy Shack, Cyrus stops by to drop off supplies requested by Andy for the project that she's working on. She needs everything from Cyrus that she possibly can have. Cyrus thinks she has enough, but she wants more. Everything. He had all the wristbands? Where? How did he find the wristbands? Yeah, I mean, he could have found it. But, like, why would they keep that? Well, Andy made bracelets out of them, if I remember correctly, but I'm wondering why Cyrus had everything. I think maybe, like, she just sent him up to her room to get things out of her room. that, or she has, like, I mean, she has a big house, but, like, maybe Cyrus has a bigger house, and she's like, just store it at your house. (laughs) Well, Cyrus has two big houses, Andy has one big house and an apartment. Or, sorry, two apartments. Oh, God. <laughs> the real estate in Shadyside. We obviously did not forget about Amber's combat storyline. So, they're at the go-karting place. After a good amount of montage of go-karts going around, which was very parallel to the motorbikes in 306 with TJ and Cyrus and Reed and oh, yeah. Lester, our fave, <laughs> they take a break and Amber decides she's going to drop the L word. And unfortunately, it's not lesbian, it's love. (laughs) Jonah pretends like he can't hear this, and after she tries again, he still says he can't hear, and then asks if they want to go for another round. Jonah pretty much gives off the vibe that we should know that he was faking it. I think it was very obvious. How obvious is it when you're watching it on a rabbit live stream in two frames per second? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's more specific to me than anything else <laughs> true no true i when i did re rewatch it to take notes i it did seem more clear that he obviously yeah heard probably her both times when we were watching it the first time on the rabbit live stream i couldn't tell yeah. until the second time she said it and then he acted kind of like let's go for a second round 
it was just kind of that reaction that I got. Amber then recaps Andy about what happened with her and Jonah, and Andy says it was probably for the best that he didn't hear it because she can always say it again, but she can't take it away. They smile and walk away from each other, and this moment was in the promo. It was hyped up. I'm pretty sure people asked Josh about it, and he was very, who, what's gonna happen about it? And it was literally them just walking away from each other. People were ready for a look back. We thought there was gonna be some build-up to this moment, and it was literally just them prolongedly walking away. I was ready for the queer bait. I was ready. I was like, yes, <laughs> give it to me. I want it this time. Yeah. Andy walks away towards the Red Rooster where she spots Jonah in the window. She goes in to ask for more art supplies. She needs a frisbee for some reason. And of course, Jonah just has one in his backpack <laughs> or multiple because he asks what color. Andy asks Jonah if he wants to go share a milkshake at the spoon. But he reveals that he is avoiding Amber and thus avoiding the spoon. He tells Andy that he knows she loves him and he was just pretending that he couldn't hear her because he doesn't know how to respond and he doesn't want to respond. Andy says he doesn't have to say it back. Amber is just the one that wants to say it. And Jonah reminds her that he just doesn't even like saying that she's his girlfriend. He doesn't like labels at all. And love is just the biggest label of all. And he just doesn't even want to hear it, let alone say anything in response. So Andy says, that's how Amber feels. You got to do something about it. And Jonah goes, ugh, I guess I'm just going to have to break up with her again. <laughs> like, it's, it's the biggest chore in the world. <laughs> it, I mean, I would be scared to break up with Amber. Not that I ever would. Yeah. <laughs> but I would be scared. We saw what happened last time. Oh. Anyways. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. She goes to therapy now. True, exactly. She's got this covered. Yeah. Bex and Bowie are both conveniently breaking into Cece's house at the same time, and Bex reveals that she's returning the wedding dress. Bowie's sad because he never even got to see her in it, and then she just takes it out of the slip and holds it up in front of her, which Bowie has this big, like, dramatic reaction <laughs> to, where he just almost faints, and he loves the dress so much, and she literally just held a dress up in front of her, like, I was expecting her to put it on and he would like gasp, you know, but she just held it up like kind of weakly <laughs> halfway across her body. She's kind of lazy usually, so I, I don't blame her. I would not have gotten into that dress. Well, I wouldn't have gotten into it, but I just like thought Bowie's reaction was a little more <laughs> dramatic for her just holding he's, up the dress, but. He's been very pent up this entire episode, okay? That five minutes ahead. <laughs> No, true. Prior, very stressful. He basically sees the dress and then thinks about how he's never actually going to get to see her in it and reveals that he is upset the wedding isn't happening. Bex is mad because she thinks that Bowie should have said something when she called it off. And Bowie said, I thought I was very clear I wanted the wedding. I proposed to you. I left her early to re-propose to you. I said yes to your proposal. Like, it was very clear that he wanted to get married. Bex is like, I don't know what to do about this because then you're not happy. And Bowie basically says, I'm happy if you're happy. I just want you to be happy and it's fine. As long as we're together, marriage isn't like the biggest drama. But then he's still sad. So he kind of just gets himself out of the situation by using his plant watering excuse. Yeah. And as he walks off, we see Bex's kind of like forlonged look that she had with Snow Globe. So she's also obviously torn up about this, and so, who is the wedding gonna happen? We don't know. It was just 
that was that was it was a lot of weird looks that were yeah i don't i mean it was it was kind of a hard exchange to like summarize because i thought they were gonna kiss yeah i I was you know they have to save that kiss for jandy at the end of the season (laughs) so i don't know it's kind of a hard exchange to wrap up and i'd like to hear other people's thoughts on all of this because i think it is interesting but Mm -hmm. uh Bex and Bowie are both showing so many emotions that it's kind of like... It's so hard Ooh. to decipher what is happening. <laughs> yeah. Bex, Bex is just scared of that commitment. Well, yeah, and I do think they should wait a little because Bowie was absent from Bex and Andy's life for 13 years. Yeah. And it has been like a year minus a year <laughs> since I, he came back. It, like, And he was on tour for a while too. They do still have some getting used to each other yeah figure other stuff together they should just stay engaged for like two years which technically i think they kind of are they just called off the wedding they didn't say that they were never going to get married right yeah yeah it's just kind of like a prolonged engagement i'm yeah that's a good way to look at it back at school there's no more classes because those went poorly so everyone's just hanging out in the hallway again and andy spends the whole day making a huge art project in the middle of the hallway. The good hair crew walk up, or I guess Cyrus and Buffy are there and Andy walks up behind them or something. And they're being very critical of her work, which was really funny watching because we don't see it. We just see their faces and they're kind of like, what is this? Huh, this looks weird. This is trash. I just thought it was so funny that they're just sitting there making fun of Andy's <laughs> artwork. They're such and she's nice obviously put so much passion into this. They're like it's <laughs> they're just like a Andy. thing. It's it exists. <laughs> yeah. What is this piece of trash in the hallway? <laughs> Definitely not real. Yeah, so Andy knows that they're not looking at it from the right angle, and she tells them that they have to see it in a different way and pulls them up the stairs. And then as they get to the top of the stairs and look at it and <gasps> The audience gets to see it, and it's a giant self-portrait of Andy made out of trash and past projects called Trashing Stereotypes, Do You See Me Now? I really like the name. I think me it's very too. Lover. I love it. <laughs> and the mural is pretty cool. It's made out of trash, and it's Andy. She somehow did that in the middle of the school hallway. <laughs> She's just. She can just do that. She's just... The teacher was like, yep. well, people were being racist, so you can have the hallway for the day. <laughs> yeah, true. The The teacher from the stereotypes class did congratulate her on it, so she's probably working with the teacher in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And then they stare down at it and smile. Cyrus mentions that he wants one, too, because he's an oppressed white boy. <laughs> Stereotyped on the daily. <laughs> he, if he has a limp wrist, he would be. so they start out and smile and then that's the end of the episode and then we get our next on which is basically where we all kind of assumed this was heading is bex wants andy to enroll in saba the shady side academy of visual arts and i guess andy's kind of going for it she seemed a little hesitant but all around probably maybe wanted to do it and we also see Marty introducing Buffy and Cyrus to his girlfriend Rachel and there's drama at the bowling alley. That's the next on. I think it'll be an interesting episode. It'll uh, probably just be drama for kids. 
nothing powerful. <laughs> yeah, it's good relationship so. drama to build uh, Muffy's eventuality in the fi- finale. And then mm-hmm. I think we also are getting a C-plot with Amber and Cyrus talking about the whole Jonah situation. Really? Which... Is she yeah, in the next that's episode? that's written in the episode description. Oh, yeah, she is. I don't remember the description. I think Amber is in every episode. <gasps> a queen! What? <laughs> oh, except maybe... 20, uh, 19. Yeah, probably. Wait, I have one question for you. How do you think Ham was in this episode? Because they didn't have Celia in this episode. And mm. it just kind of leads yeah, me to believe Ham and Celia were, like, very close in the storyline, so they had to cut Celia out. Yeah, well, and running time for this episode, if I remember correctly, is a little under 19 minutes. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes. If you don't count minutes. previously on, and... Yes. Yeah, so... I have I have 19 minutes, 31 seconds, and I've cut out previously on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've obviously shortened some amount of it. It mustn't have been a big plot line. Um, yeah. I think the part where Cyrus goes into Andy Shack to deliver supplies probably would have been cut if the whole ham part hadn't have been cut. Yeah. I think, and this this will be my theory until the day I die, or until Terry tells us what was <laughs> up, or Josh or whoever. I think that they were going to have some kind of side plot with Bowie and Ham and yeah where like he starts acting as a father figure Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I definitely could see that Ham starts acting as like Bowie's kind of father figure and what I was thinking was filming wise 318 is what got cut 318 now is what 319 was so 318 is the Kira and TJ Mm -hmm. episode but that was originally cut the filming everyone was wearing nice clothes like suits Mm -hmm. And they were at some kind of fancy area, mm-hmm. and it had to be cut completely. Like, there was no way they could salvage it. And mm-hmm. my th- original theory for what this was is I thought Ham and Celia were going to renew their vows or yeah. do some kind of ceremony to, like, ease the wedding back together because Bexie would still be kind of hesitant on getting married. And so they would have some kind of re- vowel renewal or whatever to ease them into it. Yeah. which was also a part of, like, a wedding reception or something. That was my originally, original theory, and so I think that the plot line would have been, like, leading up to that, where mm-hmm. Ham starts talking to Bowie more and sharing stuff about, you know... I guess yeah. it's kind of hard because I didn't expect the wedding to not happen when I was theorizing all of this originally. Yeah, I mean, I expected a lot of bumps in the roads, but, like... I mean, I feel but like... But I didn't I mean, expect them to completely call it off. Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw it coming. Like, I wasn't very surprised when, they, when it happened. I was disappointed, mm. obviously, but, like, I don't know. I still have, like, I still don't really feel like, oh, my God, what if they don't get married? I mean, I don't feel that for any oh, yeah. of the adult storylines, but, like, I don't <laughs> feel I don't feel strongly towards a lot of them. I don't feel very emotionally connected. But um, I don't, I don't have a lot of doubt, like... Maybe we won't get a full wedding, because I think that seems very unlikely for the time, for, like, the timeline. Yeah. But I do think mm-hmm. maybe more another proposal. Yeah, they'll come back together in some yeah. way. The thing is, I'm just wondering if the whole stuff with Stony hadn't have happened, Yeah. would this plotline be different? Would they have not completely called off the wedding um, in some way? I don't... That's my I biggest question. I don't know. I think you think it would still have been called off. I think it might have been called off, but I think I feel like because Ham is always the one that like puts the stuff back together. I feel like he would talk mm-hmm. to Bowie or he would talk to Bex, 
most likely best yeah. to kind of like be like, hey, are you sure you really want to do this kind of thing? I feel like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It it sucks that he turned out to be a shitty person because like these storylines, like especially like the ones like you theorize, like it's just a theory, of course, but like I feel like that yeah. could have been a great storyline for like no, I think a, it, an acting father figure would have been like amazing, but yeah. like no, he had to be a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I do like your theory. I think it would have been, especially since Bobby's there to water plants, he would have ended up talking to Celia yeah. and maybe revealed his feelings about it to Celia instead of Bex, and Bex would have talked to him, and maybe we would have seen more of Bex's side of it, like, why she decided to call it off, and, yeah. like, why she's so hesitant about putting it back on, now knowing Bowie's true feelings. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of left unsaid, like, they were upset and they walked off. And maybe we'll get that in the next episode, but I don't think maybe. they're really in the next they, episode. Yeah, they haven't really addressed it. Like, they don't have any promos. I didn't see it in the episode descriptions. Not that I can remember them mm-hmm. clearly, but um, <laughs> I don't think they're in. I think there might just be, like, a fleeting thing here and there. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah. without the storyline and trying to fit in where the ham storyline would have gone. Yeah. It's just, it sucks that they had to cut and change so much because he just turned out to be a mm-hmm. horrible person. Hey. Yeah. But I appreciate not their efforts great. to, like, make us not see it because, honestly, I kind of expected, like, when he was announced to be a crappy person and they said they were cutting him out, I didn't think they would go back and re-edit the episodes. I, yeah. I was just like, filming's over, we're just gonna have to see him, but, like... I appreciate their efforts to cut him out. I really do. I don't well, know what yeah. I don't know how I would feel if I had to watch these episodes. And like, yes, I would have a good storyline, and maybe not so many weird filler episodes. But like, do I want to see his face? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, especially since they went back and did it two months after wrapping filming. Like that's yeah. That that is something to say that they do really care about fixing the storyline and making sure it's coherent, and you know, available for all viewers to watch. Because obviously if they had kept that in there, a lot of people would not have felt comfortable watching it. Well That's it. I think we have talked (laughs) the podcast's ear off about that. Yeah, I think it's like the longest Um, podcast. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All the ones are like twenty and this is uh, like freaking forever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's good. It's conversation. It's engagement. more important plot lines than Boy, Kira being a homophobic plot? bully. <laughs> but we can't really testify to that. I um, mean, Raquel did say she floors case. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited. We get episodes, like, consistently, so I don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. like, cliffhangers. I guess the finale could be a cliffhanger, but... I mean, they knew it was going to well, be the last season, hope. so I don't think they're going to give yeah. us, like, a huge cliffhanger, because then that would just be really no. mean of them. If they knew, because, like, they everyone knew, it, knew it was, it was everyone knew that season three was the last, so. Yeah. Okay. All right, Damn. well, thank you, listeners, for listening to this podcast and dealing with us through these very heavy themes. Once again, <laughs> my guest is Macy, a.k.a. Ramen Brina on Twitter and Kahanis on Instagram. And also known as Asian Molly Jackson. So go ahead and give Molly Jackson a shout out and tell her she has a twin out there that just happens to be Asian. All right, Bye. you want to say goodbye, Macy? That's it. <laughs> goodbye and good night. <laughs> <laughs>